Grace to you and peace on this holy week. Did you hear the shout out we just got? Our church's name appeared in the gospel this morning. I mean, we may use the more formal Mount Olivet instead of the Mount of Olives, but there we are smack dab in the middle of Luke's 19th chapter. And a name, a name can give us identity, can't it? This congregational name we have chosen should tell us something about who we are, or at least who we should be. So let's take a look at Mount Olivet in the text and see what it reveals about us. At first look, what a place to be named after. Jesus launches his triumphal entry into the capital city of Jerusalem from Mount Olivet. There he is atop a colt as throngs of people gather to praise the God who sent him. What a majestic thing to hold as our namesake. This is who we are. According to this image, we are people who recognize God's entrance into the world and sing our praises to God's goodness. We're doing that this morning. Our hands each hold a palm branch as we sing our thanks and praise to God, and it is beautiful to behold. Though, let's be clear, it may be beautiful here, but this original procession from Mount Olivet was not smooth. Jesus is on a colt, yes, but it's not just any colt. It's a colt who has never been ridden, which means that this animal has got to be stubborn, stopping in the streets from time to time, refusing to be led, perhaps even trying to buck Jesus off once or twice. Jesus does not look dignified in this procession, and neither do his followers. See, they're not praising God with general and polite and inoffensive words. They are giving specific praises for the deeds of power that they have seen Jesus do among them. Can I remind you of some of these deeds? that we've heard in church over the past couple months. Jesus has chosen disciples without any scholarly learning. He's chosen plain, simple fishermen. He's preached a new vision, the same one that his mother sang about, where the poor are blessed and the rich are sent away woefully empty. He's raised a widow's son from the dead, restoring this widow with both community and financial support. He's told some stories, stories of strangers coming to the help of those left for dead on the side of the road, or a story of a father whose abundant love can welcome both his sinful and his self-righteous son into a joyous feast. 
And finally, he shows what salvation looks like to the community of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, as this once greedy man opens his heart and his purse to share and be in relationship with his neighbors in need. This is what the crowds are praising God for as Jesus starts the procession. For being a God who is with all people, starting with those in need. And Jesus' followers are not polite. They are not playing by the rules of respectability. They are shouting loudly, so much so that some Pharisees complain. And this, too, is our namesake. This, too, is Mount Olivet. We here, we don't praise God in general. We praise the God who we meet in our neighbor and in our need. And we praise God for being a God who does meet us in our neighbor and in our need and for all the other strange and unasked for places that God shows up. If you've been coming to worship on Wednesday nights in Lent, you've heard Mount Olivet members do just this. They've praised God for showing up in faith journeys that have included surprising places like addiction, suicide, culture shock, hospital visits, and 180-degree cha changes in careers. These are not the right places for God to show up, and yet that is the God that Jesus is revealing. That is the God that the crowd at Mount Olivet praises both then and now. And oh, how I wish I could stop the sermon right here. How I wish our namesake was only for a place where people praise God for pouring forth love in unexpected places. But the gospel text mentions Mount Olivet again. We haven't read it yet, but you'll hear it soon. Mount Olivet is the place where Jesus' disciples fall asleep and where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss in front of an angry mob. And just as I can't help but see each one of us in the joyful crowd praising God with palm branches as Jesus enters Jerusalem, I can't help but see each one of us in that angry mob that gathers, pointing fingers at Jesus, blaming an innocent man, fleeing and falling silent as one they love suffers and dies. The sad truth about our namesake is that it encompasses the reality that each one of us will fail. We lash out in blame and hatred. We choose the convenient over the right. We ignore the needs of others and ourselves. We, each one of us in our own way, betray Jesus and the abundant love he showed. 
having our church named Mount Olivet means we have to wrestle with our own failings and imperfections, the fingers we point, the damage we leave behind us. So being a church called Mount Olivet means that we must look both at our praises and our sin. The good news this week, of course, is that we are not saved by our namesake. We are saved by Jesus, the one whose love for God and this world never flickered, not even in his dying breaths. We are saved by the one whose love is stronger than our betrayals and whose forgiveness is deeper than our silence. At Mount Olivet, Jesus says that if his followers are silent, even the stones will cry out. This Thursday and Friday, come to Mount Olivet and watch as the ones who follow Jesus scatter in silence. And then, next Sunday, come to Mount Olivet and watch as a stone by rolling away, shouts out God's praises once more. Amen.